Would you please join me for a word of prayer? May the words of my mouth, meditation of our hearts, be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. As we spend a little time reflecting on things of eternity, we pray that you'd take us out of the here and now, that, that, that into our mind's eye would come that picture of heaven and glory and the hope that we hold in our Lord Jesus Christ. Bless us, Lord, as we think and, and, and ponder deep things and the things that refresh our spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. It is good to be together today. I bring you God's grace, His mercy, and His peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. All Saints Sunday is, always kind of brings up the, some just very, very uh, raw feelings. It was, it was interesting. We get to uh, baptize Adams and uh, Kim's daughter today. All I could think about was the picture of your dad uh, in the river, in the chair. Kim, you got it, but I remember Matt and Molly, and I, I just remember the picture of Bill sitting in the chair and the water whooshing by him, and I knew he wasn't feeling well when you took that picture, but think of that stuff, right? All Saints allows us to think about heaven and, and something bigger and grander than just here and, here and now. In a few moments, we'll go through the pictures and the names of the people who passed away, and each one has a story behind it. Each one has names and family and members and friends and relational circles and all of those things. And when I see the faces, it just, you remember. And so many of those memories are good things. So many of those memories dial us into and, and lead us into a, a, a sense of uh, hope and a sense of, of gratitude for a life lived well under the name of, of Jesus. And I'm always reminded that we live our lives under the sovereignty and the providence of God. And I'm reminded when I think about heaven, that God is good and that heaven is before us. And each day that God gives us is a gift of God. Um, this last week, I got out of town for a little bit. And my wife and I loaded up. It was the first time since the, the middle of March that we had really disengaged and, and uh, just let it go. Um, we went to southern Utah, to northern Arizona, to Death Valley. Death Valley is amazing. Um, but I, I don't know if it's that I'm a controlling knucklehead as a Lutheran pastor, because us Germans tend to be kind of controlling. You know how it is. And, uh, but I just had to let go. The intensity and the, the fatigue that came and just kind of always being in the breach. And it took three or four days just to let it go because I think I'm so big and I think I'm so important. I think I've got all this stuff to do and all these decisions to make and all this leadership to give. And, and one of the places that we stopped at in the national parks, we, we stopped at Death Valley, which was super cool. We stopped at Zion National Park, which is where I went camping as a child. And then we blew up to Bryce Canyon. And when we got to Bryce, it was a beautiful day. It was clear, it was sunny, it was warm, like 60, not like 85. But I stood here with my wife, and we drove all the way out to the end of a road, and as we drove farther out to the end of the road, it was 17 miles, and there was maybe a half a dozen people out there. And I felt really, really small. And as we drove back to the road and we got to the amphitheater here, which is kind of the money shot of Bryce Canyon, 
I stood just about where this picture was taken. And I felt so small. Little. Standing at 9,100 feet, seeing this for the first time. A marvelous gift of desolation, the unique gift of God's scale and the bigness of the hoodoos that God made. And I'm one little guy, one little human being living in one enormous universe. And honestly, the thought of how small that I was in the scope of this big, beautiful canyon, somehow it was calming. Somehow it was peaceful. Somehow the little wind on the back and the, the, the little wind rushing through the pine trees, there was a time of reflection and devotion and a much needed ramp down from intensity just to feel small. For so much of life, we're persuaded to, 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 to believe in the myth that we're so big, that we are the center of all things. All the mail in our mailboxes from all the politicians over the last month, they, they try to remind us how big we are and how big our needs are and that they can somehow come in and if we'll elect them to office, they'll, they'll meet our needs. They'll, 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 they'll make sure that the universe revolves around me. And if I just vote for the right candidate on Tuesday, on election day, then somehow the little universe will all be fine and all the big stuff and all that. Every commercial on TV, every commercial on the radio, all the social media reminds me that, that my choices are sovereign, that I'm an independent person, that, that meaningful life consists of doing what I want to do, when I want to do it, to the degree to which I want to do it. And anything that would limit me from being the center of the universe is heretical to the current culture's philosophy. In essence, we are big, and in being big, we are the center of the universe. Perhaps that's why standing at a canyon at Bryce was liberating. Because I didn't need to be at the center of the world. And there was some grace in just feeling small. Our text flies in the face today of a man-centered universe. It, it, it flies in the face that what we do and how we do it and who we are is the biggest aspect of our lives. The, the scripture today from Revelation chapter 7 lets us kind of look behind the curtain and see what God is doing. To look behind the curtain and see what really is rather than what we want to make our lives. We see what's real. I love the way Adam and Marco read that. I love the, the, the song before the message. What a marvelous connection that makes as it reflects on this from Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. After this, I looked before me, and there was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, tribe, people, and language. Let me say that again. After this, I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, every tribe, every people, and every language, standing before the throne and before the Lamb. They were wearing white robes and holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. 
All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. That's the big picture. That's what God is driving for. And All Saints leads us back. How appropriate is it that on All Saints Sunday, and we think about those who passed on and gone before us, and we think about eternity. Meanwhile, on Tuesday, we have a national election. On All Saints Day, a week before, we'll be joyful for those who win and painful for those who lose. Yet we're reminded that there's a bigger reality than that for whom we vote and the rancor that goes on with the national election. Through the word of God, I'm reminded today and I'm reminding you as your pastor, I'm reminding you that there's a greater reality that is unseen than the reality that is seen. And I'm proclaiming to you today, this morning, that there's much more going on in Jesus Christ than the election of one person to one office and a couple other people to other offices. We are not the center of we are not the center of the universe. We are not the center of all things. And God is doing something bigger and grander that we see here. All things of life and death revolve around Jesus Christ, the Lamb who was slain. They revolve around our Savior, not because He was elected to the position, but because He paid for it with His blood. If anyone ever earned a seat on a throne, it was Jesus of Nazareth. The greatest decision ever made for your life, the greatest piece of justice that has ever been handed down to humanity, to you and me, was that of Christ on the cross for us. In his death and execution, he delivers to you and me today a bigness of hope, a greatness of faith, and an infinite amount of his grace and his forgiveness. Holding that little baby in my arms this morning, I'm reminded of that, Adam and Kim. That God's grace for your baby isn't parsed out little by little, but the lavishness, the inclusiveness, and the bigness of God's grace to your little girl is what we celebrate today. And I love listening to this singing today. It's amazing of all the things we're going to do in heaven, and no one, no one right, knows when I was a kid, I thought we played pinball and went fishing in heaven. You know what we do in heaven is we sing. And the words and the music are right there, aren't they, Marco? Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Holy, holy, holy is the one who was, who is, and is to come. And maybe when we look at the bigness of that picture and we feel the smallness of ourselves protected by the infinity power and the strength and the majesty of our great big God. If you could bring up that other slide, just one other slide, shot by a person worshiping with us today. We had two baptisms this weekend, your daughter and my grandson, so it's kind of cool. I don't know if they do arranged marriages, but slaying Klinkenberg, I don't know, we'll see, that might work. There's some things as a pastor that you want to share with the whole church. And uh, 
during this weekend, I couldn't do that, right? I can't open it all up and say, come drool all over my little grandson. It just doesn't work that way right now. But that little guy, along with this little beauty, was baptized into something big, 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 big. They're baptized into Jesus Christ. They're baptized into the sainthood of God. They're baptized into holding on to something in their lives that is bigger and eminently better than what they can see and hear and feel and taste and smell on this spinning ball day by day. These two little ones, Danny and crew, are baptized into Christ along with all of us, and they are reminded that they are not the center of the universe, but they are connected to the center of the universe through faith in Jesus Christ, sealed in the wetness of their brow and the depth of the promise of God for them. They're baptized into a value system as well. The other reading today is from Matthew chapter 5. It's Matthew 5, 6, and 7, three of the best chapters in the whole scripture. Jesus had a sermon there called the Sermon on the Mount, and, and he didn't need a microphone, he didn't need uh, nothing. As a matter of fact, Jesus didn't stand up to preach. The scripture says, and Jesus saw the crowd was coming, so he sat down to teach them. And he didn't start with a silly story, right? How many Lutherans does it take to change a light bulb? He didn't start with some goofy thing. He didn't start with this relevant story from the newspaper or the situation in life of the hearers of the day, externally speaking. But Jesus sat with them and he began his sermon reminding all of them and all of us of the values of the kingdom of God. Jesus said, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Two little children baptized with all of us into a value system where the blessed things aren't power and authority and the ability to dominate people and tell them what to do. Rather, they're things that are soft and small and beautiful and heartfelt. The blessed things are a poverty of spirit mourning, meekness, hunger and thirsting for righteousness, purity of heart, making peace, being squeezed and persecuted. Not necessarily a large, expansive platform upon which to build a following, but the absolute building blocks to living a life of meaning and purpose in Jesus. The call to us is from the kingdom of heaven is the other side of each one of those scriptures. God calls us to be in his family, in the kingdom of heaven. He calls us to comfort, to an inheritance, to to a satiation 
of our hunger and thirst in His righteousness. He calls us to mercy, to seeing God in little things like water and word and a promise. He allows us to see Him working maybe in the hoodoos and the big things of creation, but even more so in our family of faith, in our church. And He calls us into His kingdom, a kingdom that doesn't ebb and flow, rise and fall on election after election, but rather sits with the King in the middle on the throne who loves you more than He loved Himself and loves you more than you could ever love yourself that Jesus, that Lamb, that King. This week, as you look forward to Tuesday, maybe you look forward with a, with a jaded eye and you say, man, I'll be happy when this are over. After the, after the service uh, at 8 o'clock, I sat with two peace officers and they said, just pray for us this week. I said, fellas, I have your name stuck on my computer. I pray for you every day. Perhaps... This Sunday, we can be impressed with the bigness of God. In Ephesians chapter 2, St. Paul writes, And God put everything under the feet of Jesus. All things in heaven and on earth are under His feet. He is big. We are small. He is eternal. We are passing. He is Savior. And we... We are His people, our whole lives in His care. And He calls us what we are. We are His saints. There's a few saints who aren't here today who uh, we miss, but who we celebrate the gift of God and eternal life with those families today. And I know there's a couple uh, sitting here and a bunch joined us online. Every year... There's some of the faces that draw an incredible, just, oh, and uh, for each family, for each system, for each person, that's, that's a different thing. But I'd ask you to please uh, bring up the video, and Marco, if uh, you're ready to roll, let's do it. Jesus Christ, my name. 